The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I'm hoping the Big Ten has to modify their system for us. <laughs> it's probably like getting grade 10 sandpaper rubbed on your face every day. I mean, we say it all the time, whether, you know, there's two types of turds, you're a sinker or you're a floater, but you're still a turd, right? I mean, um, we're, we're, we are about players and players playing the plays and not necessarily the plays. Welcome to the Varsity Club Podcast. My name is Derek Peterson. Joining me this week, I have, he's wearing a San Francisco 49ers hat, and I'm not really sure what's going on here. Craig Smith. Your, uh, your favorite recruiting person at Hale Varsity, your favorite YouTube recruiting question of the week person at Hale Varsity. Go watch those videos, by the way. They're excellent. Um, your favorite Lakers fan, your favorite Michael Jordan hater, apparently your favorite San Francisco 49ers fan. Greg Smith, hello. How are you? Uh, I am very well. And your favorite, your second favorite podcaster behind you uh, with the Straight Up Breakdown podcast as well. Um, I'm well. I was just letting everything go out there. Um, I'm well. I do like the 49ers. Um, I'm not avidly rooting for them at all times, uh, but they have red in their color scheme. I own a lot of red clothes um, or clothes that match red things. So we, uh, we roll with the 49ers hat. Uh, that makes sense. Okay. So, yeah. so let me ask you a question then. Would you be one of the people that wears like a New York Yankees hat or an LA Dodgers hat because it goes with your outfit, even if you don't specifically care for the team? Um, not if I like actively dislike that team, there are limits. There are teams that I would not wear. Um, but for the most part, yes, the Yankees, it's funny you mentioned them because they are an exception that I would not wear a Yankees hat, um, okay. or like a Cubs hat. Sorry. Um, but no, it's yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I don't there understand are teams that would not, I would not rock the Suns. I would not rock a Suns hat. <laughs> um, even though, you know, I have a good deal of purple and yellow in my wardrobe because of Tottenham Hotspur. Um, I don't think I would ever wear a Lakers hat. I'd wear a Kobe hat, but not a Lakers hat. It's hard, even as a, as a very big Lakers fan, it is hard to rock the purple and gold because it, it's hard to have that go with stuff. And it's an obnoxious yellow or gold when you're just trying to go with it. It's just weird. Hey, that just color pop, scheme is weird. Pops of color, man. Pops of color. Black on black right. and then and then color in your shoes or color in your hat. That's how you do it. Just there there you go. Um, I've never understood the Yankees hat thing like i see people that don't know a lick about I've never baseball that are wearing either. yankees hats and i'm like you're wearing this because it's like a fashion statement and i could ask you like who's the most famous person to ever play baseball for the yankees and you wouldn't be able to even answer that question so like take the hat off please um greg i have you on this podcast today to <laughs> for a fun exercise and an exercise that surely is not going to make anybody mad that uh, everybody's going to agree <laughs> with that nobody's going to have um differing opinions on i saw a tweet and i'm gonna give him credit because he basically inspired this podcast episode um from a twitter account called big game boomer and i see this person pop up on my timeline quite frequently with their like color-coded lists and in most instances i disagree with the list ranging from like, eh, you know, eh, eh, could be better to like this whole entire thing is trash, garbage, throw it in the trash can. You got every single thing wrong. Sometimes that happens. Um, they put out a list, top 100 greatest college wide receivers of all time. Shortly after putting out a list, top 100 greatest college running backs of all time. Um, First of all, and one of the things we were talking about on this podcast, or one of the things we were talking about off podcast was like, when you go to a hundred, you're just opening yourself up for people to yell at you. Like, just like yes. cap it at 10, just go to 10. And then, you know, you can, you can get creative with it, but you're not going to have everybody on the internet yelling at you. If you go to a hundred, you know, you're going to put a guy at 95 who people think should be 80. And you're going to have people in your mentions yelling at you. Like just help yourself a little bit there unless you want the engagement if you want the engagement i mean this big game boomer account is pretty big so i guess by all means go for it that's where we're at as a sports media climate 
Um, get the engagement at a right. buyout, any means necessary. Yeah. But, you know, you know, to go to 100 and leave off like a guy who won a Heisman Trophy as a wide receiver seems pretty egregious. Um, I'm talking about Johnny the Jet Rogers, who did not land in the top 100. Tyler Lockett is in the top 100. <laughs> I, Jeff Samarja is in the top 100, man. I don't know who that is. You don't even know who Jeff Samarja is? He's the wide receiver at uh, Notre Dame who actually went on to pitch professionally in Major League Baseball for the, in the Cubs system mostly. No, see, I'm like looking at like 99 through – because Irving Fryer came in at 100. So he, he got the Nebraska one in there. I'm looking at like yeah. 99 through 85. Like, I know some of these names. Stedman Bailey is on this list. And Johnny the Jet Rogers is it? Like, what are we doing here? Anyway, um, so I asked you, I gave you a little bit of homework. And I said, I want your five best wide receivers of all time. Yeah. And I want your five best college running backs of all time. Now, I left this pretty, pretty open to interpretation. Best can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. You can go with, you know, one guy that you can go like the Cam Newton route, like one absolutely brilliant season. And then he's off to the NFL. Um, you can go the, like this guy had 8,000 rushing yards in his career. You could go the Jonathan Taylor route. Jonathan Taylor's not on my list to be clear, but you know, you can do, I left it open to interpretation. You can go whichever way you want. So I just want to dive right into this. Let's have some fun, Greg. We're going to start with wideouts first. Give me yep. your number five. Man, it, it, this, was, <laughs> this was, first of all, let me just say this on the front end. This is really difficult to do. I think it's m maybe most difficult on offense to do with wide receivers, given how much things have shifted and changed um, over, over the years here with college football and how much people throw and don't. Uh, because and that's, it made me think of that when you were talking about the stats of like, this guy had one great, great year and was off to the NFL versus was able to put together a, a complete career. Um, um, and able to go that way. Okay, so with all that being said, as, as a preamble, my number five is going to be Percy Harvin. Ooh. I, 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 maybe this is biased and it creeped in because of you being a Florida guy, but I, Percy Harvin was brilliant. Um, and I'm just going to spoiler alert here. I really lean towards on these lists, like just if you had that short, if you had, even if it was a shorter burst of brilliance versus the like, whole, like huge longevity, I'm sure there's going to be guys um, in my top five on both lists um, that did not compile the same stats, like in their entire careers that other guys did. Um, but Percy Harvin was brilliant uh, during his time at Florida. Um, so I have him at number five and I'd lean towards guys that I, I think were just really difficult to stop. Like it was really hard to stop Percy Harvin um, during that time at Florida. So is it, is it fair to say that your list is going to lean more towards like super explosive, lots of highlight plays, just completely unguardable versus uncontainable, I guess, versus guys that had like, like 300 catches in three years. Like they just caught like the Michael Thomases. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I didn't which even is one way to do it, which is why it's yeah. so difficult to do. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. I didn't even think of Percy Harvin. Um, oh, wow. And I grew up watching, like he was one of my favorite players growing up. Like he was, he was unstoppable. He was incredible. And if he doesn't have injury issues and, and migraine issues when he gets to the NFL, like he goes, you know, he goes down as one of the most electric, entertaining players and to, to play football. Like he's awesome. Interesting. Should I give, should we, should we go five, five, four, four, or should we get through your list? And then. No, let's, let's go back and forth. Let's, okay. You go, you go with your five. My number five is Justin Blackman. Another guy that I, that I grew up watching at Oklahoma state. Um, he, it, there, are, there are two guys that have, that have won a Bolitnikoff twice, Justin Blackman and Michael Crabtree. <laughs> Funny that they both played in the Big 12. <laughs> Just, yeah. um, Justin Blackman's career stats, 253 catches, 3,564 yards, 40 touchdowns. Um, the team that he played on where he had like his big, like I'm here, I'm the best wide receiver in the country, that team should have gone to the BCS National Championship. The field goal. Yeah, that team was, was good. really good. Yeah. <laughs> Should have gone. That's the team, right? Yeah, I think that's the team. Yeah. 
um, 14 straight games with 100 receiving yards. He was uncoverable. He was so good. And he was like, it was not in the Percy Harvin mold where, you know, if you get him the ball in space, no one is bringing him down. He was right. more of like the, it, he's down there, throw it. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so good. He was, he was, he was easily uh, one of my favorite players to watch growing up. And he played at Oklahoma State. So it was, it was nice because we were like right there. Yeah, he was he was so good. Like just yeah, <laughs> like and it's tough because he's one of those guys that I feel like all like even this was recently that he's already kind of overlooked in a lot of different ways. But also, if you just look through this list, um, Oklahoma State has four guys in the top thirty-one <laughs> of this list. Um, Though, man, they were all really good. I don't know that I would put them in the top 31. Um, but Oklahoma State doing work putting out wide receivers, right? Well, and this kind of gets at the heart of, like, do you go with, like, talent or do you go with stats? Because Oklahoma State just throws the ball a ton. And, yeah. like, you know, like we, we joked about the Big 12, like, you know, the stigma that the Big 12 doesn't play defense is sort of a stigma because for a while there, like, the Big 12 defenses sucked. They don't suck anymore, but, right. you know – for a hot minute, they did. They weren't very good. They they struggled. They they struggled to 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 contain. I mean, we we were at an offensive like Renaissance era in like the early two thousand tens, late aughts, whatever it's called. Um, so yeah, like all these Oklahoma State receivers put up just massive numbers. Like James Washington had incredible numbers. He's not in the top, not in the top thirty wide receivers no. of all time. No. Um, yeah, Justin Blackman's my number five. Who's your number four? My number four is someone that I always, if we, if you're ever talking college football wide receivers for me, I'm always going to bring this guy up. Um, I actually had a really difficult time not putting him higher just because there's a few guys that were just I'd like borderline transcendent in college football. Um, Peter Wark, wide receiver from Florida State, um, is a guy that, and maybe, the, and I think that this is a little bit of kind of, when I kind of really came into watching a lot of college football was around that time and kind of the late nineties, early two thousands um, when Peter work was tearing things up down at Florida state, they win the national championship. Um, that game is also remembered that national championship game for really two things. One, Michael Vick um, keeping his team in the game uh, with Virginia tech against Florida state and also Florida state having like a 50 year old quarterback in Chris Winkie, uh, but Peter Warwick. <laughs> was outstanding um and, and talk, another guy to me that was really just unguardable that once he got into the nfl like he realized that he actually wasn't fast at all um somehow he was just killing people in college football uh, i love watching peter work play so in his career he had 207 catches for 3500 yards and 32 touchdowns um peter work was a guy that just if because i can't I can't help myself. I go through the comment sections on viral posts. I just have to. I just, I just have to. I've, I've gotten better about like not getting myself worked up or like not commenting, but I just have, I can't, it's a guilty pleasure. I can't. And people were like, why is Peter work 32nd on your list? Um, for a big as in game. He shouldn't have been as in, he should have been higher. Oh, okay. <laughs> as in, as he should have been higher. Um, yeah. I found Bill Conley ranked his, his top 50 college football wide receivers of the last 50 years um, a year or two ago. Um, he had Peter work at 12. Okay. So like, you know, you're, you're in that range. You're in that range. Yeah, we're to have him range. at 32. I just saw a lot of people who were like, what are you doing? Also, as you were explaining yourself, I had sort of like a what reaction. I don't know if you saw that on the zoom. I did. I did see that. I, okay. I didn't know what that was about. It was not toward you. It was, I went to his list again, big game boomers. Man, he's getting a lot of publicity on this podcast <laughs> to, to see where, to, to remind myself where Peter Work was. And I saw that D.D. Westbrook was at 49 <laughs> ahead of Chris Carter. Yeah, right there ahead of Chris Carter in a weird yeah. grouping behind, right behind Sammy Watkins. Yeah. <laughs> like a weird group. Snoop Minnis is 51. Like every time I look back at the list, I see something else crazy that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
Brandon Marshall and Jamar Chase are down at 60 and 58, but D.D. Westbrook is at 49. Like, yeah, that's weird. What are we doing? And again, Johnny Rogers isn't on the list. Okay. Um, <laughs> my number four is Devontae Smith. Okay. I had a is- real, let me say this real quick. I had a real hard time with him and what to do with him. So I'm eager to hear your, your explanation. Is he on your list? Of five? He's not on my list. He's not. Okay. So like there is, there's a, when you do stuff like this, there's always, you look at like a recent player and you start thinking about him and then your brain goes, no, nah, it's too recent. No, it's too, no, it's, it's too recent. It's, he's too new. He's too new. He's, you got to wait a little bit to put him on that list. Like Devonte Smith's career at Alabama, 235 catches, 3,965 yards. 46 touchdowns, a, a, a game winner in overtime of the national championship. He, I, I mean, he's, he, he like looks like, you know, a, a dude that you see walking around the street downtown. Like, <laughs> right. The most unassuming. The yeah, yeah. The most unassuming yeah. college. I mean, he's six, like six, two. So, you know, average, oh, Christ, um, average height. But he was like 160 pounds um, and just destroyed the entire sport of college football. 4,000 receiving yards and a Heisman Trophy. I mean, he was very deserving of a Heisman Trophy. Um, Devontae Smith has to be in a top five. Like he just, like he, if you talk about the wide receivers that won a Heisman, he's the best one. I do think that as we continue to, and it's tough, it's tough because like the, the recency thing, you do have a hard time sometimes putting guys that are so recent in lists like this. Um, and I don't disagree with anything you said, um, but I do think that as we get further away from his Heisman win, people will appreciate that season even more. Mm-hmm. Like I think his, his, his lore is only going to grow um, as, as time goes on. Yeah. hundred percent. All right. You're number three. On the complete, on the other side of the spectrum, we're talking about guys that are just completely unassuming. Um, and Devonta Smith um, to this guy, who's my number three, Larry Fitzgerald, um, and is kind of the man, maybe the ultimate example as well of kind of burning bright for a couple of years, and then it, obviously going on for a Hall of Fame career in the NFL. But it, in his two years at Pitt, and I, I had to double check this because it's just crazy to me. Um, two years at Pitt in 2002 and 2003. So keep that time period in mind. Um, he had 161 catches for 2,677 yards and 34 touchdowns, and you can you can vividly picture the highlights and all of those crazy catches that he was making uh during that time at Pitt like I think that it he is one of the best talents especially in college that we've ever seen at the position um and he was was as he was deserving of a Heisman his his what was his sophomore year um as well when he had 92 of those catches and 22 touchdowns like he was just an incredible incredible player at at Pitt this is the first time where our lists overlap. Okay. <laughs> he's at two for me. He's just, I mean, he's, he's one of my favorite football players of all time. He's just, yeah, he's same. incredible. He was incredible to do what he did in two seasons. was incredible. Um, yeah. I mean, almost 3000 receiving yards in two seasons. <laughs> That's nuts. And it was, and it was in a time where, you know, we weren't even close to the 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 the, the pass happy offenses that we see now like that you know we're talking about like a era away like it's not even close right and he put up 3000 yards in in two seasons he was awesome yeah yeah deserving of a, of a Heisman i agree um my number 3 is calvin johnson Okay, we're we're gonna overlap again. Megatron, that's my, that's my number two. <laughs> Is he your number two? Yeah, I yeah. you know I think like I was talking about the um the Bill Conley list that I found. Calvin Johnson's at number nine with him. Um, Big Game Boomer had Calvin Johnson at number one. I mean, for his entire career, he just carried bad offenses. Just and Reggie Ball. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean. 
2004 to 2006, 178 catches, 2,927 yards, 28 touchdowns. Um, in, in his time at Georgia Tech, those offenses ranked 89th, 104th, and 54th in scoring. And like, <laughs> and had that guy. <laughs> and this guy, yeah, this guy, like, I mean, he dragged them like by the scruff of the neck, by the back of the collar to an ACC championship game. So yeah. good. So good. It's such a such a good player. Like and, and it, those, like you're right. Those teams were not like to say that they oh those were average teams. No, those were like pretty bad teams. Um, and it's actually it still kind of comes up to this day that like Georgia Tech they weren't able to capitalize more on having him on that team, and then a utilize like being able to win more games, but then also to continue that um, going down the road because um, they really didn't um, and went back to being them. Uh, but yeah, he's definitely deserving being this high and was deserving of a Heisman. Yeah. And it's remarkable that, that, you know, that was his like college experience and then he gets to Detroit and that's his professional experience is, I mean, is he, where does he, where do you think he sits? Like just real quick, where do you think he sits all time greatest NFL wide receivers? Like, is he top 10, top five? He's probably, Oh, probably top 10. Like just based off of like pure talent and if like we're just doing a draft, like he's, yeah, he's probably top 10. Like if he plays for the teams that if, if you just swapped situations with him and Randy Moss, is he the greatest receiver of all time? Is he viewed as it? Maybe. Yeah. 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 He he would definitely be, he definitely would have a shot. Yeah. Speaking of Randy Moss, is that your number one? (laughs) It is my one, my number one. Um, And I feel like it's just, it's incredible. And like, I'm sure everyone listening to this watch what Rand university, um, the 30 for 30 on him. And when you see that, like, you can like, even though it was 1997, that season, like the highlights of him just leaping over guys, taking kicks back um, all of the receiving stats. So in 1997 for Marshall, Randy Moss had 96 catches for 1,820 yards and 26 touchdowns. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's incredible. And it is also, I can't, I can't not also add in that what was supposed to happen was he was supposed to be paired with Peter Warwick, a guy who was number five, what, five on my list um, on that Florida State team and not for legal situations. He would have been there um, and that team would have just been ridiculous. Um, and so, but all that being said, Randy Moss is number one on my list. Um, and you also would have a hard time convincing me that Randy Moss is not the greatest receiver, period, um, included like NFL as well. Like I think that Randy Moss, um, is like the definition of a special talent uh, and you just I, it's, it's incredible he, he was just an incredible player you will get no arguments from me he's number one on my list he should be number one on every list the thing that that you didn't mention about the 1997 season was that that was at, that was marshall's first year at the fbs level yeah they were in 1996 they were an fcs team and he caught 78 passes for 1709 yards and 28 touchdowns they won an FCS title. He caught four touchdowns in the national title that year. Then they jump up a, a level in competition. They go to the FBS, and he is better. And then he jumps to the NFL, and all he does is catch nearly 1,000 passes over the course of his career for 15,000 yards and 156 touchdowns. He's the greatest receiver of all time, period. Yeah. Yes. No okay. argument. No. All right. Um. I think I was expecting the overlap in the top three, four and five was where I think I, where I expected us to differ. I'm, I'm so happy that you put Percy Harvin on yours. <laughs> I, just, just I so love good. Percy Harvin. Like, so good. <laughs> um, let's move to running backs now. This one will be fun. I think this one is going to differ a lot actually. Okay. Cause I have, I have a two time Heisman trophy winner. that's not on my list. <laughs> <laughs> nice okay and I, I don't know if he's not going to be on mine either so okay all right well maybe we won't differ a ton um but who's your number five man this is what like kicking this off like actually putting them in order um is really difficult um 
And this is maybe the most, maybe the most recent one. We'll see. Derrick Henry um, goes in at, at number five for me, um, which gets to be like the stand-in, uh, like Alabama guy, because there's, there's a few Alabama guys um, that you could have put on this list. Um, but Derrick Henry is really, really good. Like in a guy that I admittedly thought was just going to be kind of a college, like kind of not a one-hit wonder, but just like a college star um, that was really good, won a Heisman there, and then, yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. He's totally proved me wrong in the pros. Um, but Derrick Henry uh, is number five for me. I have Tony Dorsett, okay. who for a long time um, had one of the, the best rushing careers in college football history. Um, as offenses have expanded, you know, his, I think he's got like 6,000 rushing yards for his career. Yeah, 6,082 and 55 rushing touchdowns. He averaged nearly six yards a carry. Um, four seasons of, of 1,000 yards. He had 1586 as a freshman, which was an NCAA record. Now, at the time that he was playing, you know, freshmen were varsity eligible for only a couple of years. So there's that. But 15,000, only nearly 16,000 yards as a freshman running back is impressive, um, especially back then because you were playing against dudes that, you know, looked like they were 40 year old men. Um, right. He had a thousand yards as a sophomore. Then he had fifteen forty four, um, including three hundred and two yards against Notre Dame as a junior. Uh, and then he had nineteen thousand yards and won a Heisman Trophy as a senior. Like they went twelve and zero. They won a national championship in nineteen seventy six. Tony Dorsett's my number five. It's a good pick. <laughs> it's hard to argue against Tony Dorsett being on the list. He's not on mine. Um, but my my number four um, is I have a hard, I had a really hard time with this guy because he like he is known as perhaps the best NFL running back of all time. But what he did in college, um, especially at the time, Walter Payton. Um, oh, I was like going to go in, into number four. Where did you think I was going? I thought you were going to say Barry Sanders. Oh no. But Barry has to be on, he is on my list. Um, but no, not, not yet. Um, Walter Payton. So in 1973, Walter Payton had 1,100 yards, 1,139 yards, and 24 touchdowns. Um, he also kicked extra points um, <laughs> for Jackson State as well. And their field goals got kind of always a fun nugget uh, for me. 1974, he put up another 1,000-yard season uh, with 19 touchdowns. Um, and really was one of the is one of the guys that you think about. And it's crazy now because going to Jackson State and then, have, you know, with Jackson State being so much in the news now um, with Deion Sanders. But a lot of that legacy started then um, with Walter Payton um, and is still to this day one of the first players that you think of when you think about the SWAC um, and HBCUs um, in college football. And so Walter Payton, definitely number four for me. I Before I give you my number four, Walter Payton's not on my list. I'm sorry. Um, before I give you my number four, did you consider Jim Thorpe? So here's what happened with Jim Thorpe. And I'm going to be honest here. I, I'm looking through and I'm just like, let me make sure I don't forget anybody. I saw him. I laughed. And then I just kept going. Oh, like, I didn't, I didn't no, I didn't consider him. I think Walter is the, the furthest back. I think that I went man played a century ago. <laughs> Um, yeah I mean I you know obviously growing up in Oklahoma I read about Jim Thorpe a ton when I was a kid um so I've got a soft spot he's not on my list to be clear but I've got a soft spot for Jim Thorpe um my number four is Reggie Bush oh and this gets into the like stats versus just just watch the dude and let your eyes decide He's one of, I mean, he's one of the, give Reggie his Heisman back, first of all. Give, give it back. He's, he's just one of the, the most entertaining, one of the most talented players to ever play sports. Give Reggie his Heisman back. He's incredible. I love Reggie Bush. Um, I don't have his stats in front of me. I should, but I don't. But I mean, he's not going to, but also, so I'll, I'll, but I'll throw something in here. Cause he's my number three, yeah. um, actually. And so part of, to me, what, Oh, number, I thought I was going to have to sell you on Reggie Bush in the top five. Okay. 
I like oh, this. No, 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 no. I'm a big Reggie Bush fan. Um, and so <laughs> when and part of to me, what made him so good as a running back is that and there are other guys obviously on the list that did this, but his ability running the football and catching passes, um, it, it, I think really separates him and puts him at a, in a different tier, I think, in this group, but also watching <laughs> when you watch, especially the season. Oh, and I should have pulled this up. Was it like San Diego state? I forget who it was that he had all like 300 total yards um, in that game against, and you can pick There's a play where he wants to run side of the field and it comes all the way back to the other and ends up scoring the touchdown that game. Um, there are plays like that, that feel like they happen on a weekly basis. When he was at USC, um, he was just electric and so much fun to watch on a weekly basis. It made it to where like, no matter where you were in the country, you needed to watch USC football. Uh, it, 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 he's just incredible. Such a great, great running back. Yeah. So in, in his three years at USC, they won 34 straight games and two national championships. Um, in 2005, he ran for 1,700 yards. He scored 19 touchdowns for his career. He ran for 3,000, basically 3,200 yards. He also had 1,300 receiving yards. Ended his career because he was also a return man. Ended his career with 6,617 all-purpose yards. There's just... Very and had another running back, another thousand yard running back mm -hmm. in the backfield with him. Mm -hmm. There's just there are very few players that have had that are that were like, I mean, he was like a um, he was a cultural icon, it was like a touchstone moment in college football. And, the, and yeah. there are very few other players that are, are able to say that about their career, yes, yeah. So he's my number four, he was your number three. Is that what you yes. said? Yep. Okay. So I can go to my number three then. Yes, you can. Okay. I have Ricky Williams. Okay. From Texas, which hurts to put <laughs> Texas running back on the list, but hurts to put anybody from Texas on the list. But I have Ricky Williams from Texas. Um, three straight seasons with at least 1,200 yards. In 1997, he ran for 1,900 yards and 25 touchdowns. In 1998, he ran for 2,100 yards and 27 touchdowns. Dude was insane. That's all I have to say about Ricky Williams. Belongs on the list. Belongs in the top five. He's my number three. Man, I would have had him. I would have had him top ten, just outside of my top five. Um, right along with another guy that I'll, I'll save to the end, just in case you have him higher. Um, <laughs> but my, my number two uh, is going to be Bo Jackson. Um, it's really like, to me, it's like, even though, like, it's funny if you, if people may not realize this, his stats in his college career were actually weirdly up and down. Um, and so in his freshman year, he ran for 829 yards and nine touchdowns. Sophomore years where he kind of breaks out with 12,000, 13 yards um, and 13 or 12 rushing touchdowns. And then his junior year, he only had 475 yards and five touchdowns he says he played in 12 games so i'm assuming that he, there were there were injuries there um and then that senior year he goes 1786 yards and 17 touchdowns um man like like you talk about like when when i started all of this off saying that i've leaned towards kind of unstoppable forces um there may not be a bigger one at running back than him uh aside from you know the guy that i had at number one it's just ridiculous but bo jackson uh for me plus we talk about like kind of like cultural icons like it, it's like i still see stuff like from him on twitter where he's like retweeting like oh like check my stats or like stuff like that like he knows how good he was um and it's incredible to me uh, but bo jackson at number two he knows how good he was would you say that Bo knows I would say that Bo knows Bo knows is that. it is it wrong that I do not have Walter Payton or Archie Griffin or Bo Jackson on my list is that wrong it feels it feels I, wrong it, it, a little bit a little bit that does feel a little bit wrong it feels yeah. wrong but <laughs> maybe that's just because I'm 27 maybe like yeah. you know, like some of these guys I just wish I would have been able to watch, like watch live, like not like have to go through YouTube, like some of these guys. And I think that that kind of gets in my decision-making a little bit in my notes with Rick. I feel like now I feel like I have to defend Ricky Williams. <laughs> no, you don't have to I mean, he got me out here defending a Texas man in <laughs> go, my no, notes. Actually, I have, go ahead. Yeah, go for it. In my notes, I have that 
in his college career, he set 21 NCAA records, including the record for all-purpose yards in a career and rushing touchdowns in a career. At the time when he left Texas, he'd set the NCAA record for rushing yards in a career. He's a two-time unanimous All-American and the only player in FBS history with consecutive 300-yard rushing games. Unstoppable. Yeah. But it feels wrong to not have Bo Jackson and Archie Griffin and Walter Payton on my list. You just like shuddered at the thought. Maybe that was just like my camera like glitching or, or <laughs> no, like the wasn't. perfectly timed glitch. You just shuddered at, at the, the, the hearing that I didn't have those three on my list. That was incredible. At least one of the three. Yeah, that's, that's tough, man. That's tough. Okay. Um, so we're at your top. We're, you just gave me two, right? I gave you two. Yeah. You gave me number two, and it was Bo Jackson. So you only got one guy left. I do. And you have not said either of my top there's two. A, I was say there's actually a few. Get, there's a couple of guys that I'm like, man. There is one guy in particular. I'm still gonna. I'm saving it. Um, that I'm like, man. I I don't know how I would have got this guy on the list, but I may have an like I don't, don't want to say an oversight because the rest of the guys were deserving, but you may have him in in your top two. All right. So. This is potentially going to break our friendship, the answer to this next question. Oh, boy. Is Herschel Walker your number one? Because he's my number two. (laughs) Is Herschel Walker your number one? He is one of the two guys that I, like, struggled most with where to place them, and he is not in my top five. He's not in the number one spot. All right, so the guy that's in your number one spot should be the guy that's in my number one spot. And we yep. should be able to stay friends if that's the case. Okay. Um, Herschel Walker is my number two. Like Herschel Walker is like, you know, the guy that basically modeled running backs yeah. for, for the for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Like I feel like, especially if you go down in the South and talk to guys like who did you model your game after? Um, it's Herschel Walker. Like you'll get, you'll get a lot of Bo Jackson um, and you'll get some of the, like the newer Alabama guys. Like you'll probably get a bunch of guys that say Derrick Henry, but if you get, if you go talk to guys that, you know, love football, have watched football, students of the game, things like that. Like you talk to players about, you know, who are some of your greatest players of all time or your, your most favorite players of all time. Um, you're going to get Herschel Walker a ton, 5,000 rushing yards in his career. 52 touchdowns. He averaged 159 rushing yards a game. Herschel Walker is just like, he's like the gold standard for running backs. He's at number two on my list. And yet he's not on, I say all that and he's not on your list. He's not. And I, again, he was one of two that I'm really like nervous about having not put on my list. And now I'm actually nervous about if we have the same person at number one. I, I actually Hold on, one more, one more thing about Herschel Walker, because I just pulled up his numbers in front of me. 1,600 rushing yards as a freshman, or his first year. 1,891 yards and 18 touchdowns the next year. 1,752 the year after that. The gold standard for running backs. All right. But, but he's number two. But he's number two. Buddy's he's number, number two, two. Because the guy that I have at number one, the greatest season of all time, will never be touched, will never be topped. It was the greatest rushing season of all time. Toby Gerhardt? I'm sorry. Who's your number one, Greg? It's Barry Sanders. Okay, man. thank you. <laughs> like, it has to be Barry Sanders. I was so like, concerned. Like I got concerned. I was so too. concerned. Um, and listen, two thousand six hundred twenty-eight rushing yards, thirty-seven rushing touchdowns. Um. I, I, I just don't know what you're like supposed to do otherwise than to put Barry Sanders in the number one spot. Like, I feel like as you and I both agree that Randy Moss has to be always in that number one spot at wide receiver. I feel like Barry Sanders always gets that for me um, at running back. Like it's just, that one's an easy choice. Like that was the easiest choice um, of all to put Barry Sanders in the number one uh, spot. Yeah. I started my notes and I, I, I lined it out one through five wideouts, lined it out one through five running backs. 
I wrote Barry Sanders one in running backs and then went back to start working on the wide receivers and work my way down. Like, like he's just easy. Let me read you his game log from 1988. And maybe people don't care about this, but this is incredible to me. 18 carries for 178 yards in the opener. He returned the opening kickoff of the first game of the season, hundred yards for a touchdown. Next game, 20 carries for 157 yards, two rushing touchdowns. He also had a 61 yard punt return for a touchdown against Tulsa on October 1st, 1988. He had, 33 rushing attempts for 304 yards, five touchdowns, broke the school record for yardage. Next game, 24 carries, 174 yards, four touchdowns against stupid Colorado Buffaloes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Against Nebraska, they lost by 21 points. (laughs) And he had 35 carries for 189 yards and four touchdowns, and they lost by 21 (laughs) points. That's incredible. This is insane. <laughs> um, 25 carries for 154 yards and two touchdowns against Missouri. 37 carries for 320 yards and three touchdowns against Kansas State. 39 carries for 215 yards and two touchdowns against Oklahoma. 37 carries for 312 yards and five touchdowns against Kansas. 32 carries for 293 yards and four touchdowns against Iowa State. 44 carries for 332 yards and four touchdowns against Texas Tech in Tokyo. Wow. And then he had 29 carries for 222 yards and five touchdowns, which is a Holiday Bowl record in the Holiday Bowl. They beat Wyoming 62-14. to This man carried a team. Carried a team. There is never (laughs) going to be a season like this. 44 rushing attempts against Texas Tech. 332 yards. He went one, two, three, four, five straight games with at least 32 carries. Imagine giving that to a running back in today's age. There's I'm, just trying to, I'm ever- imagining like that run, all, like in today's football with social media and like all the shows and all of that stuff. Like think about how much everyone would be talking about that. Yeah. He had four games with at least 300 rushing yards. There's just never going to be a season like this ever again. No. That's incredible. He's awesome. I'm glad. But, I'm I'm glad we we agreed on number one. Now I don't feel as bad uh, for leaving off like Bo Jackson and Walter Payton because you didn't have Herschel Walker on your list. Yeah, yeah, there we go. That evens out. Um, yeah. Did you have Did you have Adrian Peterson on your list? No. Okay, so like that was that was the one along with Herschel Walker that I had the most difficult time with like that it was tough um and there's some other guys too that are just like <laughs> I don't know what to do like I never know what to do with LaDainian Tomlinson as like at TCU like right like it, it's like really tough to or like um Emmett Smith at Florida like in because and in, in, in the reason I say those two specifically is because I feel like we think more about them as pro players than we do as college players they were so great in the NFL mm-hmm. um that and while they were good obviously in college and I'm sure both of them hold like multiple school records and stuff like I just don't primarily think of them as college football guys versus pros so that that played into it as well um but yeah, Peterson and, and Walker were really tough uh, for me to do anything with. I didn't know what to do with them. If we had dropped this to 10, I would have had Archie Griffin. I would have had Bo Jackson. I would have had Walter Payton. I don't know that I would have had Adrian Peterson on mine. Okay. Even in the top 10. Um, or like Marshall I, Falk. Was I'm not an Oklahoma homer. Okay. I'm not a homer. My bad, my bad. I, I don't I know. Maybe you would have put whoever Steve Owens is in the, as a, in the group. As I as I spent time talking about Jim Thorpe earlier in this podcast, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but there's also you know some of the things too with like some of these recent like the really recent running backs like Saquon Barkley, like I wonder like once we get maybe he's like five the to ten perfect years from now where he's gonna go like the ad <laughs> he's the perfect talent versus production, yeah, yeah that's a good point um because like him versus like Jonathan Taylor, yeah. Yeah, like I thought about Jonathan Taylor. So I'm like, yeah, so did I. <laughs> we had like eight thousand rushing yards, something absurd like that. I thought about, it, but I'm like, no, no, no. Wisconsin runs it eighty-two times a game. No. Right. Um, but then I mean, then again, you know, like we talked about Barry Sanders, like carrying an offense. You know, it just yeah, I, I don't it know. Just it just so feels bad. that's different. It feels a little different <laughs> now. Yeah. Um. 
I'd be curious. Is, is there's there's wait, there's one, two, three, four, five, five Wisconsin running backs on here. And then less, oh no, Jonathan Taylor is at a six. Sorry. There's six Wisconsin running backs on this list. But yeah, that's to your to your point that yeah, Wisconsin running backs, man. Like Oklahoma State wide receivers. The uh are you talking about big game boomers list? Yeah. So you've got you've got Ron Dane, you've got Monty Ball. Sorry, guys. You've got uh Alan. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I'm not gonna butcher it. You got Melvin Gordon. Sorry, guys. Um yeah, I don't. I don't see Jonathan Taylor on here. No, he's 38 on their list. I'm sorry, he's 38. Oh my gosh, yeah. he's right behind Red Grange. Okay, he's right ahead of Lamichael James. Yeah, I wanted to talk about and Lamichael Steve James. Slayton. Man. I wanted okay. to talk about Lamichael James. <laughs> like, they, okay, this might be the other like perfect like talent versus like Lamichael James is one of is one of my. He's like with Percy Harvin. It's like one of my favorite players of all time. Like what Lamichael James at, at, did at Oregon. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at him in person, he looks like me. Like no disrespect to Lamichael <laughs> he's James, a, he's like my size. He's a small guy. Yeah. I've been in the I've been in the gym. I've been I can I've, I can say that it's not going to be disrespectful okay. to Michael. I've been in the gym, um, but he looks like me. It was just incredible what he did in those offenses. He's one of my favorite. But I couldn't. I obviously couldn't put him in a you know a top five. Um, with some of the guys that we talked about, especially if I'm going to leave off like Bo Jackson. Yeah, Bo Jackson. Um, the other piece of homework that I gave you that you just decided not to do was was <laughs> was I, I wanted to ask you like if we limited this conversation greatest of all time to just Nebraska players, which wide receivers and which running backs you would pick. Um, you decided you just didn't want to do that. Your phone decided it just didn't want to receive that text message. So, like, I guess it works because we're, we're pushing up on your hard outs. So we're not going to have a ton of time to get into this. Yeah. But, like, Lawrence Phillips gets left off big, big game boomers top 100 running backs. And Lawrence Phillips is a really interesting discussion. Maybe we have to save this for another day. But, like, if, if you asked me to rank the top five Nebraska running backs of all time, I might put Lawrence Phillips second. And yeah. I would ask you, if he doesn't get suspended, does he win a Heisman Trophy in 1995? Yeah, I think so. And he, he plays every game and he plays like the the, the snaps that he would have played, even though they're yeah. blowing people out. Yeah. Yeah. I think he does. Um, so I've got Mike Rogier one, obviously Lawrence Phillips two. I have Amir Abdullah at three ahead of Amon Green. And I have Rex Burkhead at five. Do you have, do you have any complaints with that grouping? I would flip Amon Green and, and Amir Abdullah. That's I, that, that's the thing, like which is that, the only thing. Yeah, which but oh, man, pretty much was, everyone does that. But it's really hard. I don't want to like the thing about it is is that Amir, you talk about like a guy who was on a he was on a okay to pretty good team, and, and was the guy on those teams. Like talent, what like I don't know. That's a, that's a really tough one. But I but I do think I like green and really really high regard. So I probably will flip those two. I mean, like here's another situation of a guy like carrying an offense. Like if you look at Abdullah's numbers next to Green's numbers all time, or in terms of their career, Amir Abdullah had 813 carries. Amon Green had 574. Um, he averaged like seven yards a carry. And on, on like 240 fewer carries, he had more touchdowns than Amir Abdullah. That's, that's um, so like, yeah, like he should probably be three. I watched Amir Abdullah though. Um and if he's like fully healthy for a senior season, like he's maybe Nebraska's all-time leader in rushing yards. Still finished pretty close. Yeah. Um, Nebraska wide receivers. <laughs> I mean, would you, would you put, this is going to, I feel like this is, this is, this is a stupid question. Would you put Wandale Robinson in the top five? If we're talking about best. This is the, yeah. <laughs> would you put him in your top um, five? Yes. Yeah. I would, I would, I would put him in the top five. It would make people mad, but if we're just talking about best wide receivers in Nebraska history, I would, I would put him in the top five. If he has the season that he had at Kentucky at Nebraska 
and then goes to the draft. And I, I understand this is not like people probably don't want to hear this is a hypothetical. I'm just curious about it. Curious about what you would say. If he had the season he had at Kentucky at Nebraska, is he viewed as the better Nebraska wide receiver over Johnny Rogers? No, because <laughs> no, because of the way a, because of the way people feel about Johnny Rogers and what he means to people around here. Um, so there's that sentimental value, but B because of, of the Heisman, yeah, what a Heisman um, trophy. Yeah. You're, you're just not going to get that. Yeah. That's probably the first and foremost, um, but also there's some real sentimental value there. Um, so yeah, I know he'd be two. I think two would be the ceiling. There. Also, you know, like the thing with some of the the newer guys, like if he had the season he had at Kentucky at Nebraska, how many games would they have won? Maybe, maybe they're six and six, but they're not. I mean, like the teams yeah, that Johnny Rogers went to, yeah, the teams that Johnny Rogers played on, like he had insane production and they won football games. Like yeah. <laughs> that's the difference. Um, Johnny Rogers would be one, obviously. Again. He should have been on big game boomers list. He should have been on the list. He's to not have him in the top 100 when he should sit in every single person's top 50 is insane. Anyway, Jordan Westerkamp two or Irving Fryer two. Irving Fryer two. Okay. Kenny Bell in your top five. Yes or no. Ooh, no. Okay. Stanley Morgan in your top five, yes or no? Yes. Okay. I would have, I had, I, I put it in my notes. I feel like people are going to yell at me over this. Johnny Rogers, Jordan Westerkamp, Irving Fryer, Kenny Bell, Stanley Morgan. Okay. No, no JD Spielman. No JD Spielman. Serious consideration given to Nate Swift. God, I love Nate Swift. Right? <laughs> He's so good. <laughs> okay. Well, you got to get out of here. Um, so I'll let you go thank you for coming on the podcast and doing this this was fun <laughs> it was great thank you for having me my boy Percy Harvin got some love Twitter account that we spent the entire podcast roasting got a bunch of publicity <laughs> <laughs> now everybody's going to be going to that account um, we'll be back next week with another podcast in the meantime keep reading hillvarsity.com go to hillvarsity.com backslash subscribe make sure you sign up for the for the magazine and for Greg Smith's premium content. You don't want to miss it. Make sure you're subscribed to Greg's Straight Up Breakdown podcast that he plugged in the beginning. Make sure you subscribe to all the Hill Varsity podcasts. This is a proud part of the Herd App Media Network. Shouts to Cam for producing this episode every week. Shouts to you guys for listening. Shouts to Greg for coming on and doing this and for having Barry Sanders, the rightful number one. We'll be back next week. Thanks, guys. Hood at Media Production.